Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today's show, we have Jonathan Zufi. He's a tinkerer and designer. This is Technotopia. A quick question for you freelancers out there. If you could reclaim up to 192 hours a year of your precious time, would you? If you're doing the math, 192 hours of work is two working days per month. See, our friends at FreshBooks make ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for freelancers. And they're the architects behind this question, and for good reason. By simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 5 million people to deal with their paperwork. That's not enough incentive. The FreshBooks platform has been rebuilt from the ground up. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. When tax time does roll around, you'll find tidy summaries of your expense reports, your invoice details, your sales tax summaries, and a lot more. If you're a freelancer listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try it. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com tech and enter Technotopia in the how did you hear about us section. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on show, we have Jonathan Zufi. He's an author and tinkerer. Uh, you also make kids' toys, isn't that right, Jonathan? Uh, currently, yes. I work for a company <laughs> called Kids2, which yep. uh, is a, a US-based company. If you've got any kids and you've got any products from uh, Baby Einstein or Bright Starts, that's, that's oh, us. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think we had, we, had some, uh, we had some Baby Einstein early on, but I think there was like a big backlash. Has, has that all been fixed? Uh, yes, um, and we're actually in the process of uh, re retooling that brand and, and bringing it to life in some new and interesting ways in 2019. Okay, yeah, we were deeply we we had we had we had, we had riots in the streets. All the parents were going to the, <laughs> just complaining about Baby Einstein. All right, very cool. All right, so the reason why we have you on here is because for two reasons. You you did two projects that I'm familiar with. You did the Life Clock. Which is literally a re reconstruction of the uh, the watch uh, from Escape from New York, uh, and also a book on essentially Apple uh, in a way that's never been done before. So you're a you're a designer, you're a tinkerer, you're an author, uh, you're a creator. So I think, do you think Manhattan will ever end up a uh, a maximum security uh, island prison? Uh. Are we allowed to talk politics? Maybe sure, we should, yeah. well, no, maybe no, we should steer, steer away from that. So, you know, it, it's actually quite interesting you say that. You know, I, I typically go on to Twitter and I search for Life Clock One, mm -hmm. Snake Plissken, and Escape from New York. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, the term Escape from New York tends to yield a lot more results that talk about, you know, potentially how things are headed or going, certainly in the opinion of some people so it's it's, it's interesting that mm -hmm. uh, Escape from New York is still very much in the kind of zeitgeist hmm. yeah it's actually that is actually interesting so so the movie if you're not familiar is basically has um what's his name um oh gosh Kurt Russell Kurt Russell uh, as, as a as a eye-patched as an eye-patched uh, uh bank robber who was hired to go in and save the president from an island from a from a prison island which is actually Manhattan uh do you do you think they were correct? Do you think they uh, do you think that vision is where we're headed? Do you think that the the dystopia is where we're headed, or the utopia? Oh, look, I'm an optimist, so mm -hmm. I'd like to think that it's the utopia. Um, 
I, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe one of the cities in the United States might turn out like that, but I don't think it would be New York. Um, you know, you think about that scene from uh, I Am Legend where they mm-hmm. detonate all the, all the bridges and, and seal off the island. That's just that's pretty terrifying to think about. What what? So you're you're being optimist in this case. Uh, what is it about the what is it about the creative spirit that that go tends towards dystopias? Well, it feels like it feels like uh, it feels like we haven't had a utopia. We haven't had a utopian vision of the future. Even something like AI, the movie AI, had sort of a this, the future is going to be okay, but it's still it it ended up with aliens finding the finding the kid in underwater or whatever. Uh, it's just always so sad. Why why do we love that? Um. I... Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's a really interesting question. I mean, we we actually, I think we do live in a utopia, right? I mean, if you think about um, uh, what's the comedian's name, CK, who talks uh, about yeah, that comedy scare yeah. where you, yeah, where, where you're flying through the air and you know they're complaining and he's saying, hey, you're in a flying tube and you've mm-hmm. got a cell phone signal and I mean, we've you know we've got Uber, we've got iPhone X, we've got Netflix. I mean, life's life's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I, I think we like um, thinking about the darkness and what it might be like, but ultimately knowing that, you know, certainly we tend to see those things in movies or books and you can close the book and change the channel and you're back to reality. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually just, uh, the previous sort of preview for a really scary, um, kind of dystopian film called a quiet place. Did mm-hmm. you see that one? Mm-mm. Um, they just released a, a, a brand new trailer for that one. So you should, you should check it out. It's, um, John Kransky, I think the okay. actor's name is. Yeah, that looks, uh, it's, it's pretty hardcore. Okay. I'll take a look at it. Uh, well, what what was it about the movie uh, that got you into into creating a life clock? So the movie, I mean, it's just there's so many parts about the film, right? That that classic kind of integration of technology, at least as it was back then. I mean, I loved all those retro LED displays, not just on the watch, but in the uh, display panels in at the uh, prison headquarters, mm-hmm. um, and kind of that kind of theme all throughout the movie. Um, and just the way that it flowed, I mean, John, big fan of John Carpenter, he's a phenomenal director and, you know, love all of his films, especially films like The Thing. And it's just, you know, the combination of um, the underlying story. So, so the tone of the movie starts just, you know, with this fantastic kind of vector uh, intro. And you've got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually narrating the beginning of the film. And she talks about, you know, in just like 45 seconds, she sums up, you know, the world's gone to shit. And Manhattan's been turned into a prison, mm-hmm. and she kind of summarizes everything really, really quickly. And you've got that kind of old vector graphic um, kind of overlaying as she's talking. I just love that, you know, retro noir feeling. And that really sets up the film for me every time I watch it. And I've watched it obviously a gazillion times. Um, but, you know, just Kurt Russell is just, he's just, mm-hmm. he's such a badass. Um, and he just has that, you know, persona throughout the film that's just, you know, total. If you to the world and just sees it through all all the all the way to the end, so um, it's 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 just a total total classic film. Mm-hmm. And why did what 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 did you like about the uh, the clock? Because I mean, basically that clock was designed to uh, blow everybody up or blow blow him up when if he didn't do his mission, right? <laughs> Right. So um, the, the, I started I, – the film comes on cable TV every now and then, and I just happened to catch it pretty soon after the Apple Watch had launched. And I just – I was, you know, looking you – know, so here you've got – you know, I've just seen this, you know, magnificent piece of design and engineering from Apple where they've got, you know, 
all the latest and greatest technology packed into this phenomenal small package with a gorgeous screen, touchscreen, and phenomenal interface. And then you've got this, you know, enormous display with these six bright red LED segments that, you know, just getting complete, uh, you know, opposition to that whole look and feel mm-hmm. of the Apple Watch. And I thought, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's retro. It's, you know, it's old. It's it's huge. And, you know, I, I, I remember that reading somewhere that, you know, folks tend to like really, really big watches. I mean, I, I wasn't familiar until after I started to do research that there were, you know, companies like Irwek and, you know, some of these other higher brands brands that make really, really large watches like, mm-hmm. like Breitling, I guess. And I just, you know, just thought popped into my head, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you had a watch like that, if you could actually wear one and if it was connected. And I, I absolutely assumed that it was. So I kind of hopped onto eBay and Amazon and started looking around and, it just it didn't exist, and you know I've got a very long history in software, and I've always had a love of hardware. Done a lot of tinkering. Um, I think I'm Adafruit's you know biggest customer at least in uh, 2015 and 2016, mm-hmm. and so I just decided um, you know I wonder if I could actually make this thing happen. So that was the kind of genesis. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think it's interesting to talk about the uh, the book that you worked on. You were basically shot a beautiful t- photography of um, of Apple products. So I think. I think the design of Apple products is very similar to this design, right? This was a, this is forward thinking while using exactly the technology that you have on hand. Exactly, exactly. And and the and the genesis of the book was actually fairly similar. I was just happened to jump on eBay one day as I remembered an old game that I was playing in high school, and I started browsing around looking for an old Apple II to actually buy. I wanted to actually buy an old Apple II, and so I could relive my glory days of playing Robot War, mm-hmm. beautiful monochrome color um and you know started seeing all these old photos on ebay and i thought wow wouldn't it be cool if you could see um all of the old products in the same quality that apple showcases them on their website um and obviously while i didn't kind of meet that exact quality just that um that genesis kind of spawned into this idea of well wouldn't it be cool to actually document every single product that apple's made since 1976 and that was that was how that that whole thing started what does it take to um, what does it take to create classic design? Uh, something that'll last uh, from now into the ages, I guess. I mean, I think obviously uh, materials is a big part of it. Um, it's, it's always been interesting to me that Apple's not only innovated in the in the silicon and the software they provide, but they're constantly innovating in in the in the materials. I, I love those videos, the, the set of three videos from Apple Watch that shows the aluminum, steel, and gold production and how they really drill down into all the different ways they've innovated into the uh, 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 different materials. Mm-hmm. And I guess today, you know, software plays a very big part in the overall design of so many of these products. Um, certainly, obviously. Uh, 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 connected products, um, and when you've got interfaces like what you have on that, that was pioneered by Apple in terms of iOS and just overall look and feel, the types of apps you can create and the way you can so tightly integrate them with the hardware, it really, you know, brings that experience to a whole new level. I mean, even products like Nest, right? Um, just you know, classic, uh, um, let's say a classic use case with a beautiful display and just a really phenomenal user interface. Just a very simple dial. Um, just, I think the ability to create those products today and just to do it so easily is, is, is really special. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
What does uh, what does the world look like? Does the do you, we talked about this before? But does the world look like um, does the world look like Escape from New York? What is what changes? What changes in the next twenty years? Well, I can't wait for autonomous vehicles, um, and I think they're coming very soon. I, I actually I think they'll probably be here in the next two years. Um, I've been following it pretty closely. Um, I was at CES this year, and I was CES last year. And actually, last year I was uh, I was catching up with a friend uh, for a drink, and a friend of his showed up who was a um, a guy who owned a company in in um, that was uh, that was dealing in aftermarket ex- uh, aftermarket automotive accessories. Mm-hmm. And this guy was saying about this incredible um, blossoming industry around the anticipation of self-driving vehicles, and you know things like lights and materials and sound i mean basically you know it'll be a new room that families will have in oh, their sure, home yeah. and, and so all of the opportunities around reimagining accessories and materials and utilities inside that um inside that environment that's it's, it's really fascinating and that and that was just really kind of um emboldened in, in the 2018's ces trip and you know i i live here here in atlanta and i have to battle uh folks texting on their phone and you know trying to drive me off the road every day so i really i just can't wait for uh, um these uh, self-driving vehicles to mm-hmm. make it onto the road i mean that's actually pretty interesting you're basically saying um we're moving from the car being a we used to trick out our cars uh with new radios and all that other good stuff because because it was, it made them made a, like a boxy, weird, ugly thing look special. Now that the cars all kind of look special, you don't really need all that stuff, uh, aftermarket stuff. But now we can actually go back to aftermarket because you're basically creating a new living room to a degree. Right. I mean, you don't have a steering wheel, you don't have a transmission, so you've got that whole extra space. And then mm-hmm. you know you, you you're seated in a different direction. Um, you're you know the if you're facing if if you're the owner of the vehicle you may choose to face the other direction so what does that mean for safety do you want a footrest what does sound mean when the sound can really you know the sound unit can live anywhere in the car because you could be in the middle you could be sitting on the corner mm-hmm. like lighting things like um you know trying trying to balance you know some folks get nauseous when they um, read in a moving vehicle but apparently there's ways to mitigate that with different lighting and you know different ways to let light in through the windows and different tinting options so it's you know i obviously they've, they've made great strides in in all of the software and hardware to actually power the vehicle and obviously that's that's coming but it's really exciting to see you know certainly if you think of a company like apple or even a company like you know herman miller like what what would a herman miller car look like um and so i think we're going to start to see some of those things really come to life in in the next few years and you know you'll you'll be able to go to ikea you'll be able to buy you'll be able to buy mm-hmm. furniture for your car you know mm-hmm. where can folks find out about what you're working on um so you can check out the book at uh, iconicbook.com it's also available on amazon and they can check out the watch at uh, lifeclock1.com all right perfect uh, and i'm on uh and I'm on Twitter at uh, at Shrine of Apple. <laughs> Shrine of Apple. Okay, super. Yep. All right, Jonathan, thank you for joining us on the show. It's, uh, this is fascinating stuff. Hey, thanks a lot, John. Thanks okay. for your time. Uh, this has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. 
Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.